0: I am the head of news at healthformzanzi.co.za and joining me is my colleague Sinesi Potom.
1: Welcome to the very first episode of our Sisters Without Shame podcast, which is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi.
0: You know those secret medical shames you simply cannot share with anyone else? Well, every week we will be your sisters in shame, holding your hand as we unpack your ailments with an expert who has all the right answers to those embarrassing health questions you wouldn't dare ask in public. This podcast is a safe space and there will be no judgment. A lot of surprises,
1: hell yes, but no judgment from us. So you got a suspicious growth on your bum? Or maybe your bladder muscles are weakening? No problem, you've definitely come to the right place. Sinesipo, our show kicks off with a friend in crisis
0: segment. In every episode, we will listen to a voice note, read a WhatsApp, or email message received from a health form Zanzi reader. Don't worry, on this show, we treat all your messages as highly confidential and will never mention your name unless you want us
1: to. What are we dealing with today, sis? Well, Lulu, this note comes from a wary friend in Kimberley. She has asked to remain anonymous. Ananza writes, Hi, Sine and Lulu. I am 22 years old and I struggle with discoloration around my armpits, inner thighs, neck and buttocks. I've had this problem since I had puberty. I have tried all the lightning creams but cannot seem to get rid of this discoloration. I get constant breakouts on my butt and it leaves a scar too. Due to this, this whole area is darkened and filled with dark spots. Also, the area is very itchy and when the skin dries out, it becomes flaky.
0: Now Sine, I know that a lot of women and sometimes even men tend to struggle with that dark discoloration between their thighs, armpits and even necks. People with darker necks are also, you know, ridiculed a lot and sometimes told that they did not wash or something ridiculous like that. Wow, that's
1: mind-boggling. I think we have all encountered those orange bags, you know, in our bathrooms. I remember when I was younger, whenever you kind of seemed like you had dirt on your body, your parents would force you to scrub, 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 scrub. Sometimes it's not even dirt. Sometimes it is discoloration. And it's shocking that people actually go around making fun of other people who do that. And that lemon
0: bag does not spark up very pleasant memories. But childhood trauma aside, I did a little Google search, and it turns out there is a name for that kind of skin discoloration. It's called cop or confluent and reticulated papillomatosis. And it's also very common for post young adults to develop cop
1: Also, it is most likely weight-related. Shoo, Lulu, that's a mouthful. But Dr. Google is only as good as a real expert. I think it's time we link up with this week's health expert live on Zoom. On the line is dermatologist Professor Carol Lella from the Ingress Medical Center in Rondebosch. Bosch. Our expert is one of two specialist pediatric dermatologists in the country. She also herds the dermatology department in the pediatric unit at the Red Cross Children's Hospital. She's also employed by the University of Cape Town, where she teaches medical students and supervises PhD candidates. <laughs>
0: What would be core such a condition first, if you could conceptualize that for us?
2: So, you know, Anoltan, based on that description, the one likely condition that one has to consider first is a skin condition we refer to as acanthosis nigricans. But there is another one. When one takes into consideration that person's age, the duration of the skin conditions, the fact that it started at puberty, one has to add to that list and think something, another condition that we refer to as We shorten it and call it CARP, C-A-R-P. It stands for Confluent and Reticulated Papillomatosis. Now, of course, of the two, the acanthosinic nigricans is the most likely one. So when a person is said to have acanthosinic nigricans as a like a diagnosis, it really is a nondescript term, but it refers to that darkening that your friend is describing. So it usually is darkening of the skin, but it's not only darkening. The, feel, the skin feels thick and velvety-like. If you look at it or even when you touch it, it feels velvety at certain sides of the body, in particular the back of the neck and the sides of the neck, under the armpits. And those are the main three areas but then when in certain individuals it can also extend to the abdominal wall the inner thighs basically the genital area and also around the breasts so when we really use the term acanthosis we're referring to what we are seeing and that darkening and the thickness of the skin the velvety nature in those sites The typical person is the the person who seems to have a problem processing insulin. Now there's a number of conditions where a person can have a problem uh, processing insulin. One of them is type 2 diabetes, which I think is common knowledge, but also obesity. The other one, people are more familiar about insulin resistance, which is usually a pre-diabetic state. So people may not necessarily have diabetes at that stage, but they have a, a risk of developing diabetes. And one other condition is this one can be diagnosed by gynecologists gynecologist for the cystic ovarian syndrome. Now that's a hormonal condition where a person may have Clearly, I can't but together with other things such as acne, excessive hair, they may have menstrual irregularities. So those are the conditions that that particular one, it has to be diagnosed properly by a guy. So I'm just trying to say there's a plethora of conditions where a person may end up with that darkening of the skin, as your friend described.
0: People often will ridicule people who have like, you know, dark necks and those kinds of things, only to find out that it's such a serious thing, actually.
3: It is a mm-hmm. it and Dr. Hela, i heard you mention that you know one of the causes is obesity. And I remember I was actually speaking to Lulu about this yesterday. Um,
1: when I was, I think around
3: grade seven, grade eight, that's when I started gaining weight and my body started changing. And obviously my thighs were rub against each other. And that's when I, I experienced discoloration. It's actually shocking and well surprising that you know like gaining weight or obesity goes hand in hand with more discoloration. And that leads to my second question, you know, people have tried home remedies. Other people have even tried using, I don't know you, you know if you know those orange sacks you when know, we black people used to wash our bodies.
0: The bag of lemon <laughs> with the sunlight in it. <laughs> I know
3: that. I feel like our parents hug each other in church during, you know, church services might use this one. But yeah, people have been using that, you know, and but what can people use to combat this coloration?
2: The real truth, uh, uh, Sine, is that the best thing to do is for that person, that affected person, to see their dermatologist. Reason being, it's best for the right diagnosis to be made because once the diagnosis is made, then the correct treatment can be instituted. I, I, you know, i, I I'd rather, for example, if we're referring to possible home remedies, what can this person do? Personally, I'm not sure if I'm talking as a, just because I'm in my field, I would discourage any form of using home remedies in trying to treat or address pigmented skin. What my worry is in that attempt, you may end up damaging your skin all the more and rather cause problems that are much more irreversible than if you're just Accept, I mean, firstly, acknowledge the condition, taking it to the dermatologist and have a dermatologist, make a right diagnosis. Maybe really, you might find you don't have to use any lemon bags or anything. You know what you are treating. It might be that they only need medical treatment.
0: What have been some of the most severe kinds of cases of hyperpigmentation that you've seen and stuff? can you avoid it also?
2: Well, in terms of avoidance, the first thing I would say is sun protection. Maybe it's just me. But I understand that some people of our skin color, they don't know the value of protecting their skin from the sun. They think that's because it's known that people of dark skin color really get skin cancer, but they do. But they really do so. So they think just because they're not worried about skin cancer, then they don't have to uh, protect from the sun. But this is the one time where they should, because that are so. With dark skin color patients, the sun may not cause cancer, but it does cause this hyperpigmentation. So this answers one of your questions. You're saying, what are the, some of the severe cases or severe conditions where i have seen hyperpigmentation? Yeah, I have seen it induced by the sun quite a lot. And I mean, one of my recent examples is Rana, who came in quite dark. I mean, there was also an extra layer of dead skin on the scalp. As somebody who's on the road a lot, therefore they will go in the morning, especially when the sun, you know, comes out and they're on the road in the afternoon as well, and have neglected protecting from the sun. As a result, they came to me very dark. So I'm just trying to say avoidance. uh, The first thing in terms of avoidance is, is, I mean, sorry, in terms of uh, avoiding hyperpigmentation, is avoiding the sun.
3: You know, when you talk about sunscreen, I saw a joke on Twitter where um, this other person was asking, does sunscreen really help? I mean... (laughs) I mean, this, this person that we'll never know. We'll see. we we'll see it sixty years from now when we post a picture of you know we post a picture, post next to our daughters, and people ask on the timeline which one is. The
2: one? <laughs> 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 what I want to say is that other than a darkening of the skin that the sun causes on our dark skin patients, and the other thing is that it causes early aging. So that person that is saying we'll see 60 years from now, they may see it much more earlier than they think. Using sunscreens, of course, all other,
3: you know, uh, measures that can be used in terms of protecting from the sun. So I know you've warned against, you know, home remedies. What other alternatives do they have to treat this discoloration?
2: So truth is, there's no remedies. I mean, that I can, as I said earlier, from home. I think, as I said, in my position as a dermatologist, I stand firm in avoidance of trying things at home. But then I do know that there are issues, I mean, not issues, it's just about difficulty reaching a dermatologist. For such a person, I strongly encourage that they take advantage of the public facilities that we have available in our country. There are tertiary centers that will have a skin, set, a skin clinic. Like the one I work at, Curtis Kier Hospital, we have a skin clinic there, Tiger Bag. I think throughout the country, there are tertiary centers within which there is a skin center. So I really strongly encourage those people who say, okay, I can't afford a private dermatologist, but I do need to have my darkening of the skin diagnosed. They would rather go through the long queues and the long processes of trying to get themselves seen by dermatologists dermatologists at least for them to make a diagnosis and then maybe advise on the treatment even if after that they then try what the dermatologist has suggested outside that but i think that first step is key meaning going to see one at least
0: a popular home remedy was always the memeza, that red mask and stuff <laughs> <laughs> Or oh, color mine. <laughs> color mine. <laughs> <laughs> But are these home remedies, do they qualify as home remedies? And what are some other ridiculous home remedies that you've heard of even?
2: So I'm not sure about having heard of others, but memeza, color mine, you know, those sort of things. I know about them. Instead of looking at them as remedies, they, the, so they are actually, you'd say it's not a bad thing because what they do is they protect from the sun. So they are form of a sun... You can say sunscreen, but they will call them a physical barrier compared to the other forms of sunscreens that are not physical. So yes, they may protect from the sun, but that's about all they do. They will not treat the underlying hyperpigmentation. They'll not do anything else, but they might just protect you from getting more darker.
0: Do you have any other advice for basic skincare at home? You know, like, because, you know, some people can't really afford it. Like having a whole set of clinic is quite pricey. You know, what can the layman or the Mbalis of the world do?
2: So with that, I do advise at least three different things. I must say that that one does involve money to a certain extent, but hear me out. Did I mention sun avoidance? Yes, sun avoidance. (laughs) (laughs) Avoid, avoid, (laughs) (laughs) avoid. So sun avoidance, sun avoidance, and sun avoidance. That was the first thing, though. The second thing is hydration, you know, keeping that skin well hydrated. And I heard you when you said some people cannot afford fancy products such as Clinique and you name it. But at the same time, that person has to find a good wash and a good moisturizer to keep that skin supple and well hydrated. Good hydrated skin goes a long way towards keeping it healthy. But then you don't have to use expensive products for that. I I just still think that maybe a person may just play around with different, what's available to them in terms of a good wash and a good moisturizer, find that one wash that they believe is doing the trick. In other words, helping them get hydrated find that good moisturizer. It might even just be glycerin or Vaseline, but some something that will really treat their skin in terms of making sure that they're well hydrated. The that thing does need an, a, a, tip, a topical agent. We Remember, we are focusing on hyperpigmentation. So any Retin-A containing, I would say topical ointment will be good. Unfortunately, that will definitely need somebody to prescribe it for them. So they can even go to their GP, And ask them for a retin A containing agent. And there's a whole lot of them out there. So, those three to me are like the basic things one can do before you start going fancy with the serums and all the other cosmetic products that are out there. Just making sure you've avoided the sun, you've sunscreened enough, you've hydrated your skin. And then, if there is an issue with hyperpigmentation, at least adding a retin A agent.
3: Is skin bleaching a cause of skin discoloration? And then, my second follow up question is. Can you reverse it? Is there a treatment that you can take to reverse the um, reaction that was caused by skin bleaching?
0: Oh, I didn't believe Prof. Lella doesn't want to do the, the bleach thing.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can talk very lightly. So your first question was, does skin bleaching cause discoloration? Is that it? So a person will use products to take away the color. Now, in terms of its reversibility, don't forget that there are different methods in which people use this. There's a topical, you can use an ointment to take away your normal pigment, but people also use oral agents, but they can also use injectables. So, depending on the method used, the reversibility is, yeah, is dependent on that. So, clearly, the much more long lasting is when a person uses uh, injectables, uh, then the, the reversibility is low.
3: Can the discoloration caused by skin bleaching be reversed?
2: depended on what you use so what do you need really when you say skin pitching you're talking loss of pigment when we started we started with extra pigmentation but this time i'm talking about loss of pigment so if you after having done it and you decided you don't want to do it maybe you did a topical so all you need to do is to stop everything you're doing and then allow for that pigment to regain but as i said the most where that the likelihood of that happening is if you have done a topical agent because you stop using that topical agent your pigment comes back where the problem comes in is when somebody has or, used oral or injectable agents, but even then they can still get darkening, except it might not be as uniform as I would like to. It might be that you find that they've got blotches now of darkening, and they may have to just stop the treatment for a very long time for those little blotches to, we call it coalesce, to come together and form a large dark sheet that will be part of their pigment. It's a, a lot more difficult, as I said, uh, if they've used um, injectables.
0: Thanks for joining us, Prof. Lela. Remember to check out the detailed article on hyperpigmentation and confluent and reticulated papillomatosis on healthformzanzi.co.za. To write to the Sisters Without Shame, email hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or WhatsApp us on 076-132-0454. That's 076-132-0454. Okay, that was quite a lot to digest for the very first episode of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. But as promised, this is a no-holds-barred podcast, and we discuss with the little awkward dilemmas that people deal with daily.
1: Sine, what was your take-home message today? Well, I think the big take-home for me is how carb and hyperpigmentation is associated with a serious disease like diabetes. You know, I thought it was more genetic. I was sure that it was a skin issue, but I could have never imagined that it could also be diet-related. You really are what you eat.
0: And remember to avoid, hydrate, and invest in a good sunscreen. That brings us to the end of Episode 1 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Healthful Sanzi. From me,
1: Lulu Ngakani. And me, Sinesipa Tom. Have a great week and remember to show us some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.